song, man. Survive right here. You even had to go through it like that. It wasn't if you don't know this song, man. You know, nah, you sit your man. ass at home. Anyway, yo, let me get that coat. Don't come out this summer. Get those jeans and let me get you don't know this song right here. Survive right here. The intro's a little long. Let me get bear with me. Let's go. Leo, sing. Come to the block in this brand new band. Come on. Come on. Yo, mic not even on. Check one, two, check one, two. You got the wrong microphone. I just, I... It's okay. It still works. You just got the wrong mic. Welcome back, everybody. This is She and I. I am your host, Be Love. And like always, I have my very special host with me, India Marie. India Marie and B Love, the husband and wife duo you didn't know you need, but you got us and we are here to stay. This is the best thing to happen on a Tuesday. I don't well, gotta say the rest. Since Monday, Monday, you know the vibes. You know why we here, you know why we here. We came to pot day after day, month after month, year after year. You better believe it. I'm on fire out of nowhere. And I'm going to keep it a book with y'all. I'm tired. I was just asleep probably about an hour ago. I slept for 15 minutes. And I woke up. And I got a busy night ahead. Because after this, I have to edit the podcast. <laughs> I told you. You walked in the house. I was like, wow, you look, you actually look like you work today. It's going to be a long week, baby. But guess what? I'm just happy to be here with y'all. And I hope y'all are happy to be with us. For all the fathers out there. This is a special episode. So right now, what we want us to do mm-hmm. is come on here and give a little introduction because on Friday, something I think cool happened, right? We were supposed to have an entire panel discussion with a bunch of dads on the panel. Shout out to the homegirl, Kristen of Homeland Heart in Tennessee. Uh, Kristen kicks a big flavor. And if you need to go check her out at Homeland Heart, Get all the information there. However, we could not have the panel discussion because they were doing renovations at their area. Yeah, at their office, the Homeland Heart office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't even get the vibes going, man. I was looking forward to it because I asked Kristen for permission to record all the dads on the panel and then bring it back to y'all and have the episode playing live. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But what did happen is... Kristen, talk to your boy, B-Love, on Instagram Live. Oh, hold up. It was a really good conversation. It was just in time for Father's Day. Um, I will say, shout out to all the black dads out there. Mm. Uh, Because this Father's Day, I don't know, I just felt touched more than I usually am. Everybody was posting their um, fathers and their husbands and baby's fathers and just seeing this Daddy this love. new wave this new generation of black fathers feels incredibly different than our fathers but i mm. think it's such a positive thing this new generation of fathers are stepping in being equal parents come on now and the conversation that Barry had with Kristen was just the perfect Segue to Father's Day. <laughs> right. So, you know, what we do is, since we normalize and stuff, let's go ahead and normalize the cool black dad, the caring black dad, the nurturing black dad. Now, before I move on and get into this interview, I do want y'all to know, India did give me a Father's Day gift. India complained to me the other day that I stink. I don't stink. I smell good. I got pheromones. what they call them, right? Pheromones. Ooh. When I go work out, I let off this sex appeal smell. No, he lets off some women, funk. He some lets women off funk. like that. I can't even imagine. Like, I know people be having quickies in the gym and be, you know, sexing each other when they get home from the gym. And I just, mm-mm, them armpits be musty, baby. And I cannot. Hey, how you doing, mama? Let me whisper in your ear. Tell you something that you might like to bring it to me sweaty because you know I like it funky. David no. Banner said it best. Bring it to me sweaty because you know I like it funky. However, I do not. I like mine fresh out of the shower or fresh out of the tub. 
But I don't stink. I don't stink. I want everybody to know that wholeheartedly. I smell great. India brought me some new workout clothes because she complained about me being stinking. And instead of her just complaining, just talking my head off, you did something about it. So congratulations for, you know, not only being a complainer, but being a doer. A problem solver. That's what you are. So I give feel it up like for this yourself. time you are really appreciative of what you got, though. I Sometimes love I be like, but you know, do you really like this? But this time I feel like you really liked it. I, I feel like you listen, though, right? This goes hand in hand with the relationship that I gave out about Father's Day gifts, right? Mm-hmm. I said, if you go out there and get a Father's Day gift, get your significant other an accessory to a hobby that they may have. And you've been doing good. You've been knocking it out of the park. I know. I, this, uh, yeah. I have hobbies. I have a lot of hobbies, though. Now, this thing, um, hiking boots, mm-hmm. and now workout clothes. Mm-hmm. You've been buying peripheral accessories for the last three damn holidays. Pat on the back. What's next? It feels My like birthday. your birthday is next. My birthday is coming up next, baby. So let's get it together. You know I like these. You know I like these. You know, I don't got to say You it. be wearing expensive hats, not just <laughs> child. I don't know about that. I'm not gonna wear an Amiri hat though. I'm never gonna wear an Amiri hat. Never play yourself. Shout out to Maul. Uh, um, anyway, say, you said one thing though that made me think. Speaking of cool black dads, Bear just ordered a shirt recently. Shout out to my boy Sebas, my boy Sebastian. Yeah, so I think his company is actually coolblackdad.com. So go get y'all a cool black dad nice shirt. shirt too. Got a good collar on it. I can tell by how nice the shirt is by the thickness of the collar. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go out there and get you a sleepy, limp ass collar. Shirt gonna be all the way down here showing some cheekbone. I mean collarbone. Cheekbone. <laughs> collarbone. That's all right. You tired? Yeah, I am. <laughs> so without further ado, we're gonna get into the interview, and I hope you guys enjoy. But here we go. Um, we're going to be talking to just about um, black fatherhood in general and um, some other things that like motivate him to be a great father or, you know, I don't know. I don't know. He's not my partner. He's not my dad. So um, we'll let him tell you a little bit about his uh, uh, his fatherhood experience and how that is going for him. What you mean? You're not my partner. I thought we were partners in crime. What you talking about right now? You know? <laughs> My head's cut off. Let me back up. <laughs> I got to bag. I got to get the yeah. vibes right. I got to set the vibes right because, like, you know, my head was cut off. Yeah, we can't We can't have the head cut off. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, um, I have had the pleasure of actually watching you become a father and grow through you fatherhood. Crazy. Yeah. Um, I'll let you. I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself and who you are and all that good stuff, and then we'll we'll go from there. Most definitely. Well, you know, thank you for having me. As always, of course. And the first time was so great when we kicked back and we kicked back and talked about motherhood. It was only right that we do it for fatherhood. So I'm Barrett, as my name would say on the screen, but it's probably B Love 1911 on the screen. But I'm Barrett. Um, I've been married now for about six years. Um, my wife, India, who's amazing. You know what I mean? We got a three-year-old, Blake, who is um, just as great. Look at the rhyme I did right there. Didn't even try to do it. But, but yeah, um, so, yeah, me and Kristen and I, we met a long time ago. And, you know, our paths happened across. It was destiny. So I'm happy to be here just to talk about fatherhood and, you know, how I became a father and how my transition is in becoming a father. <laughs> yes, yes. So I <clears throat> I met Barry in a driving class because I used to drive like a maniac. You probably still would, do. <laughs> some people might say I still drive like a maniac. Um, I just say I got to get where I'm going. There it is. I'll um, take that. And I think I said that in the class. I think I was like, no, nah, I'm just trying to get where I'm going. Um, so we met in that in that class, and um, I just remember thinking that you and India were like the cutest couple I'd ever seen. That's I'm right. Like, oh my god, I had just become a doula. You did, and like just, and I remember thinking I was like, I'm just gonna shoot my shot because they cute. They look like they probably gonna have <laughs> kids soon. Okay, cool. This was before I became a little bit more sensitive about like 
asking people about what they plan on doing with their uterus and and, uh, and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. But I remember just walking up to y'all, give you my card, like, hey, you did. whatever you ready to have, here you go, call me. And then when you guys were ready to have a baby, I was having a baby too. Yep, yep. And so I um, referred you guys over to Kim. Shout out to the homegirl, Kim. Yeah, the only other black doula I knew at the time. And I know she was amazing and, you know, got you guys taken care of. Um, so I will say I didn't know you, know you, know you, like, before sure. you became a father. But, you know, um, kind of been able to, like, see you jump into that that fatherhood role. Most so definitely. One, one of the things, like, my burning question for you. We're just I'm jumping right in. I need My burning that. question is what motivates your fatherhood? Right. So is I know I, I know that some people are motivated by what they had. Some people are motivated by what they didn't have, right? Like I give this to my kid because, because I, didn't I didn't have it. Yeah. Or I give this to my kid because I did have it. Yeah. So so what what is your like, what are the, let's say, top five things that motivate your fatherhood style? That's a great question. And um, somebody asked me, asked me this question in a similar way not too long ago. My homegirl from um, another podcast called The Truth Moment Podcast, she asked me this question. And it was very similar. And um, I'll give you the top five real quick. Not no, not in any particular order. Kind of just freestyling here, but probably the first one is wanting to be the example. I want my son to be proud of. Like that's the first thing. First and foremost, kind of like self motivated. I know every day I want to make sure my son is proud to say, "Hey, that's my dad." Even if he's cool, um, the way he treats my mom, the way he works and provides for the family, I know that that's my first priority is to make sure my son sees me in the light that he can project upon his life and then carry it on to his son and his family. So it's the first and foremost thing. I got to have that. So then the second thing, obviously, kind of alludes back to the first thing, and this being able to provide for my household as well. Um, being Having that motivation there um, kind of pushes that first thing forward. I have to be able to provide for my family. I don't want them to want anything. I don't want my son to be the kid. This is going to be sound so vain right now, but I, you know, I got to say what I got to say. I don't want my kid to be the kid to be like, oh man, I wanted some Jordans and my daddy couldn't even get them, man. I got to go out there and hustle for the Jordans or whatever, you know, whatever the case is. Even if it's mm-hmm. like my son may need a little extra attention in school, I want to be able to give that to him as well. So being able to provide and then you mentioned it. We learned a lot of things from seeing things that we don't like. I'll tell you a real quick story. I remember I was coming out of Publix one time and I saw this young dad. He was putting his son in the car seat. Son was a toddler, probably no more than four or five years old. And we all know if you got a three to probably five or six year old, the attention span is that long. Nothing is going to go right, right? I saw him grab his son, throw him in the car seat. And I'm like, man, listen, I never want to treat my son like that. I always want to have patience and I always want to give my son some grace. So that's number three, like seeing outside influences and how people treat their kid. You can then take that back and formulate an opinion like, man, what if that was you and somebody saw you throwing your child in the back seat? Like, God forbid, they may call DCS, DHS, whatever they call uh, on your boy. So I don't never want that to happen. Then again, I never want to treat my kid like he's less than, like he's just some kind of piece of meat. Then probably the fourth thing is growing up. I was fortunate to come from a two-parent household. I know, like, there's a privilege that some people don't necessarily get. I had that privilege, and um, I saw my dad. I saw him go to work. I saw him start a little league baseball team. I saw him start a peewee basketball team. Like, I'm seeing all this stuff. I saw him go outside. Man, this man messed up his whole backyard for me. He went outside and put a concrete slab in the backyard because he thought, I thought I was going to be Allen Iverson. Didn't really pan out like that. But the fact that he went out of his way to put a concrete slab in the backyard for me and my friends to who? Like, man, come on. We don't get no better than that. So looking at my dad, looking at my father and seeing the example that he left for me to kind of fulfill 
And then probably the last thing in fatherhood is, um, man, just not want to let myself down. Like that's 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 important. Like you you know if you're doing a good job in in your household, just being a father, you can't let yourself down. Like don't think that um just because you you're checking off all the lists, right? You're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing this. Just don't just don't check off things on the list. Make sure. You're doing things the right way and doing things with character as well. And it's kind of how I want to lead. Um, just making sure that the character is there, making sure that the respect is there in my household. And also, the probably the biggest thing is to making sure that the whole household feel love. If one of us mad or if my, myself and my wife, we both get upset, like we still want to project that love upon my son. So just making sure that he always feels love because as a black man, we know it can get difficult because um, a lot of black men don't even tell their kids they love them. You feel me? So I think that's a bad habit that we got to break. So knowing let my son know that he's constantly loved and he's constantly supported in whatever he's doing is something i always want to make sure that it's clear and direct on the forefront of my life so those are the top five things <laughs> no Absolutely. particular order no that's amazing um and that kind of leads me to uh the next question that i have for you and it is what okay so we black right black black Obviously. We black, black. We raising black kids out here. They're young. They're innocent. But the world ain't shit. The world ain't. And in, so, you know, I have a little boy too. And um, so, you know, there are certain protections that I keep in my mind as a mother that I think probably are like first instinctual protections. And then, you know, that stuff gets... Um, that stuff gets heightened because he's a little black boy, right? And so we have to learn as black parents to keep that balance, to keep the balance of um, being able to teach our children that like once they're out there, it's probably not going to be the best experience that they have. Mm -mm. Um, We treat them right at home. What are some of the things that you all do or that you do in particular as a black man raising a black man? What are some things that you do intentionally to make sure that you are um, fostering joy, particularly in your son and in your relationship? So there is that idea, like kind of breaking down the barrier that um, almost like for example, like that men don't hug and, and men don't kiss and just, you know, like those kinds of things. Like yeah. joy obviously comes from within, but mm-hmm. then the joy that our family brings us and the joy that life brings, like what how, what does that look like for, for you and Blake? For sure, definitely. I can start like kind of at the last statement you made too. Every time I leave the house, I hug my son, right? I don't only hug him, I tell him I love him and I kiss him on the cheek. Now, I'm not Tom Brady, and I don't kiss him on the mouth or anything, but I could. It's just my son. If I feel like I want to do that, damn it, I'm going to kiss him on the mouth. But I do hug my son every day, multiple times a day. There is not a time that I don't leave the house that I don't hug my son. I'm talking about I can go outside right now, take the trash out, and he's going to think that I'm leaving him. He's going to rush outside and say, Dad, give me a big hug before you go. And that's kind of something that we've implemented throughout the household. I don't want him to leave. I don't, I don't want him to know that I'm gone and have a sinking feeling in his stomach that I'm leaving him forever. I'm never coming back. So I want him to know that he is loved and he has all the joy and everything like that. Also, something else, too, that as men, as black fathers, that we kind of have to break the stigma. Um, a lot of times that... If we're playing or if he falls and he hurts himself, like we got, I do let him know it's okay to cry, man. Like, dog, if you're hurt, you can cry. Like, you can say, ouch, if you bust two days ago, jumped off the slide, jumping, having the ball, jumping, 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 jump, bow, bit his lip, bust his lip. It's okay, bro. You can cry. Let's go in the house and get some ice. Oh, I'm- India. Oh, <laughs> India. Because she didn't even know what was going on outside Because we were having a ball We were jumping off the slide like WWE I'm talking about Took it back to the rock, (laughs) stone cold But he was jumping off the slide And eventually busts his lip And he cried And I thought to myself, a lot of people Oh man, get up, you're okay Oh man, dust yourself off 
Like, man, if you're hurt, let's check on it. Make sure you're all right. And if you're not all right, like, it's, it's okay to be, man, don't get over emotional and start whining and all that. But I can still pick you up, give you a hug. As a man, it's okay for us also to kiss a boo-boo. You can kiss a sore. If he scratches his leg, it's all right to, man, you know, get his leg and give him a little kiss on the leg. That's okay. Don't be too cool or don't be too masculine to hug your son, kiss your son, grab him up. You know, it, it's that stuff has, that stigma, right, has to go out of the window because you do that. And then we create these toxic, quote unquote, toxic people that we don't want in anybody's lives. Right. Like they grow up thinking they have to be some kind of Superman or super thug and they can't have emotions and let them know. Breed an emotional being, but breed him with or her with emotional intelligence, too. Like you don't have to go out there and just fly off the handle. But as far as the joy in the household, I do want to keep things light and I do want to make sure that he knows that we have fun. I don't want to, I do want to be the cool dad. I want to be the cool parents. So I do want him to know that, man, we're going to have fun. We're going to learn. Well, I'm going to show you how much I love your, my, your mom, my wife. I'm going to show you how much I love you. Man, we're going to do it all. Like, it's okay. I want, I want to have that on the forefront. All right. I want to let him know that, man, yeah, I grab your mom, I hug her, I kiss her, and I hug and I kiss you too. So everybody gets that type of love in the house. Good. Yay. I love it. That's so important to see, like for him to see, like I love I love mommy and I love you too. Yeah. And um there's a different, there's a dynamic because a lot of times, you know, we have a kid and we're like I know. Well, okay. So from a woman's standpoint, right? So we have yeah. this kid. We're like, okay, so this is the kid. I fall in love with the kid. And this is, like, I'm giving my everything to this kid. Yep. And it takes a lot to be able to teach that child that, like, I find myself saying sometimes to my kid, like, this is my turn to have that. <laughs> like, Back up. Hey, look, I make him fight. I like, hey man, get off my woman. This is my woman, man. It's my mom. This is your mom's my woman. We fight all the time about it. He likes it though. We fight all the time. Yeah. yeah. So it's important to for them to be able to see that distinction. Um, and then also again, as a as a boy, as a as a black man coming up, it's important for him to see the way his father loves on his mother. Oh, definitely. Way he and and so no shade to uh, interracial couples, but you know we 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 understand that men often seek out people that are like the women that are like their mothers or yeah. you know in their likeness or whatever have you. So for him to really be able to see his dad loving on this black woman, and and then also being able to find that time to love on him and show him that he's important is. Sure. is Really gonna take him pretty far. We hope. Right? But listen, let's cross our fingers. Let's hope. <laughs> let's keep our fingers crossed. It was funny too. I'll tell you this quick, quick story. India told it way better than I can tell it. And I was, man, I was over the moon when she told it. I was super happy. It was on episode Shameless Plug. Shameless Plug, by the way, episode one seventy two on um she and our podcast <laughs> where she mentioned like she saw me. With Blake and Elise's cousin is here the other day. And she mentioned like how patient I was and was just helping both of them read and like helping them do their sight words and just kind of learn how to read and learn how to do different things. And like it was two kids, but I was patient enough to know how to manage two kids. And it's something I always I also want to be on the forefront. I never want my son to feel like I'm rushing him to do things, right? Or pushing him to do things faster or not giving him enough time to process anything. Um, that's, that's huge for me. Even when it comes like the biggest thing that I, I've, I've kind of been telling India about here recently is when he gets old, the most important thing I want him to be able to do is, re is, is read out loud. And the reason why I say that people might think that's crazy to say, but I'm going to tell you why. I feel like when you read out loud and you're capable of public speaking and talking in front of people, everything else, like your confidence will get so much greater and so much larger where you won't have a natural innate fear or probably of anything. So it's one of my biggest things that I'm telling India that, that, that we're going through right now is like starting now, like let's see how well his vocabulary 
vocabulary is. Let's make sure he can read. Let's make sure he can recognize words and sounds that letters say. So there's something big. And a lot of times, and like this is no shade to anybody. You know, you black fathers out there, man, I know y'all doing a hell of a job. So do whatever you feel like you need to do for your kid. But a lot of times we get caught up in making our son an athlete that we wanted to be, in making our son the recording artist we wanted to be, or in making our son the podcaster we wanted to be, whatever the case. I want my <laughs> son to be the best him that he can be. But, but I feel like in order for him to do that, I 100% want to instill the knowledge of reading and the um the level of comprehension that he needs to be able to go out there and develop and speak out loud in front of people without any any fear like hey i'm here and this is what i have to say in any room that he walks in that's another important thing that i'm teaching him like whatever you would in whatever room you walk in be yourself don't try to switch up don't try to be anybody else, but be the best Blake you can be. And I know, like, he's three years old. Right now, I'm telling this stuff. We're teaching him this stuff. He's like, man, whatever, dog. I want to play with some trucks, and I want right. to get after him. He looking for the fruit snacks. I want fruit snacks and all that, dog. I don't want to hear what you're talking about, about reading and all that, man. Keep your books to yourself. Give me an excavator. All right, cool, bro. You can get your excavator. But in the meantime, just know. I want you to learn the word diaper. I want you to learn the word car. I want you to, you know, hear these big ass sight words that we have about this big, about that wide. My mom made them. I wish I could bring them up here to show y'all. But at any rate, I want to instill all of that in my son right now. Chris is having some technical difficulties over there. <laughs> the dog, she went from like barking outside to, to barking, barking inside. inside. She's lit. It's like all good. There she goes. Um, yes. So reading. My kid is homeschool. Well, both my kids are homeschooled. Yep. And we pretty much so we unschool free school. For sure. And then uh like real, I mean, to be honest, my kid pretty much does whatever he wants to do all day. <laughs> However, we do like I have talked we you know we've had this conversation that like reading writing math that's important these and it's it's interesting because we have also had the conversations as he grows up and I've had this, these same realizations with myself as I'm like talking to a, a three-year-old like we need to <laughs> it's important right and I yeah. having this conversation <laughs> you got a hound dog for real I mean um, I remember having this conversation with him when he was like four years old about why, why it was important for him to learn how to read. And I was like, you know, your ancestors, people died yeah. so that you Most could definitely. learn how to read. Yeah. And I remember his eyes just... Like what? Ancestors? I, I, can't even, I don't even like, know what maybe, an ancestor is. Right, right. I remember thinking like, okay, maybe that's a little intense. Uh, okay, all right. But it's that. And, and, and it is as... I know one of my fears as a parent yeah. is that he won't know enough black history. Yeah, right. And sure. I'm just like every step of the way, I'm like, no, people died mm -hmm. so that you could do this. People died so that you could do that. And then we turn that into our history lesson for the day or whatever have you. But that I totally understand. Like we, my, um, he learns how to read on from, uh, like we keep the subtitles on the TV. So yeah. oh, he, it's dope. he learns how to read that way. He started playing Minecraft and he yep. has to know how to read to get to, I don't know nothing about video games, <laughs> but apparently he has to know how to read to get sure. to different places and build things and know what to build and whatever have you. So, you know, like we, we incorporate and it gives him the opportunity to understand that life and all of this is all intertwined. Yeah. Right. So I'm just telling you, you need to learn how to read because I know how to read or because you know, there are books all around you. I'm telling you, you need to know how to read because you want to play video games yep. or you want to be an engineer and you're not going to be able to build anything if you can't Aye. read the instructions. So right. it's like, you don't want to be the one left behind. And, you know, as as Black parents, I think that's like a big fear, right? Most we work definitely. so hard to make sure that our children not only are not left behind, but... Can, can get ahead 
Yeah. Right? So that's why. Now, but now I think you spot on. <laughs> I that's think you spot on. Years old, we're drilling sight words. I mean, this honest. <laughs> this two-year-old, did you see the the little girl who is part like she's like a genius? She's on the um Damn. I don't know. Oh, Mensa. It's called Mensa. And it's like the list of geniuses. She's I used two to catch years up. old. Yes. And she's a little black girl. I was like, okay. Arnix. Now that's what's up. But see, oh. it's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want No, you're all right, but I, I don't want this stigma to come off like Man, reading is for nerds. I remember back in the day, my best friend, Wesley. Shout out to my guy, Westside. My best friend, Wesley, was on a math poster. And <laughs> he was on a, literally a math poster from McGraw Hill back when we were in like fifth, maybe fourth, fifth, or sixth grade. One of those middle schoolish. And everybody, like people like, oh, man, he's a nerd. Coolest dude ever, too. Like, oh, man, he's a nerd. He's on a McGraw-Hill poster. Like, bro, my guy was on a McGraw-Hill poster doing algebra when he was in the fourth grade. Like, dog, that's huge. And that's the, that's the level I, that's the level of confidence that I want Blake to have when it comes to anything. And that's why I said, man, when you be able to read, Nobody can really tell you anything in, in class. Reading out loud, man, listen. I mean, he don't have to, you remember back in the day, you would count the paragraphs, one, two, three, four, and yep. the teacher tell you, you be practicing on how to read. No, we ain't doing none of that. When the paragraph comes up, my boy is going to be able to read you it and read it fluently. And I feel like that's going to help him in so many different areas. Now, like I said, once again, I'm not saying that, Basketball training won't help. Football, baseball, man, do what you got to do for your kid. But I just really believe with all of that, I do want him to do the first things first, like bare minimum, like you mentioned, math and reading. Like those two things have to come first. And like you mentioned, it doesn't have to be like, bro, let's sit down and do these sight words, make it fun. Subtitles, fun. Like they like to read the subtitles, right? Stuff like that, I do feel like, and you mentioned something else that was big. You mentioned the black history part. We have found ourselves now um, buying him majority of books with black characters on it. Um, representation is so important, and I want him to know that he's represented in all types of books, all types of facets, even when we are reading or even when he's when he is getting loved. I don't, I don't want him to think that, hey, um, this color person is like the only color person that's out in the books or in the world that he wants to explore at the moment. No, my friend, it's a lot of African-American <laughs> authors. It's a lot of books being published right now by um, young, young black people too. It's a um, publishing company out there called Young Authors Publishing. And they focus on self-publishing books written by black, by um, black middle school, by black, um, preteens and that's what they do like young authors publishing um great it's, it's out of atlanta y'all can look it up um great great company to just kind of look at you can buy books from them and they have books like i said written by school age kids and this all they do is publish those books so i do think that's huge i'm sorry i went on a tangent about books i apologize that's <laughs> That it is very important to listen to a black man be on a tangent about books okay? i'm sorry yeah <laughs> But I'll, I'll be honest with you. I listen to audio books. Black men know how to read. <laughs> we can read, damn it. I know I can read. I got a book in the back of me. A few books right here. Not for yes. decoration. I read them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. We did the same. Like, not too long ago, we went through all of our kids' books. Mm -hmm. And um, shamelessly, unapologetically pulled out every single one that didn't have any black children in it no and or specifically the black children had to be the majority in the book so we have we have animals they yes. the animals got to say <laughs> the automobiles and shit they got to say for sure but all the rest of the shit the funny thing is my mom saw us like taking the stuff to the library we take it to the library we don't take it to goodwill okay um we take it to the library and we put What's the the Dolly Parton? Yeah, we got those colors, whatever, whatever the hell that damn book is. Okay, so also I'm not from Tennessee. Me either. So I don't, and, and 
I don't know that you have to be from Tennessee to have like this love for, for Dolly, Dolly Parton. Parton. But I, I don't have it. I don't. Yeah, I mean, me I, I don't really know. Yeah. So I wasn't connected to that book at all. <laughs> like I didn't see any. My mom was like, "You're donating." I was like. So you got to keep this. This is Tennessee history right here. Right. I'm like, what What the hell? And there's not a single black kid in that book. Maybe, yeah. Or maybe there is one. I don't fucking know. It's not enough. So <laughs> it had to. <laughs> and so that is, it is very important. And, you know, like you said, so, I mean, and we say it all the time. Representation matters. Representation you know? matters for sure. For my children, um, you know, like. We take that all the way. They make, we make sure we have black doctors. We all the time, mm-hmm. you know, whenever we're, we, um, Kennedy does a lot of school stuff, like homeschool, his classes. Yeah. He takes outschool.com. Um, shameless plug. I there love some outschool. No, this is not a sponsored ad, but it probably should be. And we need some money. Um, What's up? But <laughs> he absolutely loves outschool. And um, what the hell is I saying? You said that they love out school and they try to you try to get the representation like from every angle. Is are black. Got you. Got you. So they like have pictures of who the teachers are. Right. And what I really wish if out school is listening right now, what I really wish is that there was a tab of instructors of color. And that would make things a lot easier for mm-hmm. me to classes and his teachers. Because mm-hmm. I just type in a subject and then I'm like searching for days for a brown face. So yeah. it's it's just too much. You know what's um, funny about this but- too? I'll say this, like sometimes even in talking to, um, so talking to my coworkers and talking to people that I work with and I'm telling them like now, unfortunately, we don't get the chance to work from home forever. Even though I wish we could, we are slowly transitioning back into the office. So I, when I'm talking to my coworkers, I'm telling them like, "Hey, we got to find childcare now." Like Blake is being at home with India, and we want to find him a school, maybe on a part-time basis. But it's important for us to find him a school that has people who look like him. And you know, my coworkers will sometimes ask like, "Why is it important?" They said in the third. And then I have to go and tell them like, "Listen." Our experiences, while you can relate, you might not be able to relate, but you can listen and try to understand you can't relate. Like, you can't directly tell my black son how he should feel or what's going on or teach him the proper curriculum, like you mentioned earlier, about what's going on. And I know it's early. He's three years old. You know, he'll get some of that stuff early uh, later on in life. However, we do, wanna, we do want him to know right now what's going on. Another... This is kind of a funny story. Um, he and I was sitting down the other day, and he asked me the question. Uh, I can't believe they asked why. <laughs> right. He look at her. White folks. Um, he asked me the question of like why something was brown the other day. You know what I mean? And I had to explain like, bro, we're like we're both brown. You're a different shade of melanin, but we're, we're both brown, my friend. So you know, it's stuff like that that I want him to know, and I want him to be able to understand and realize. Like if he asks another white kid, like man. Why ain't you, you know, like they ain't going to know it. So dad had to tell him. So uh, you know what's funny? Now I'm going to go back again to my partner Westside that I mentioned, my partner Wesley. Um, He had a situation where his daughter was in a daycare. His daughter is about five. Uh, his daughter was in daycare and the situation came up where she was basically in a school with the majority of uh, white people. She was the only black girl in the class. Something came up that he had to pull her out of this school. And he and I had the conversation where I bet that if the situation was reversed and the people were majority black and they did the same thing to a little white girl that was in their class, oh, the whole school probably would have been shut down. So it's situations like that where I have to be cognizant of and I have to like almost be prepared for and India and I both have to be prepared for when we're raising Blake. And um me as a black father is definitely gonna be that much in, that much more important to let him know like bro, your skin, like these people, um you can be the majority over here and the minority over here, but you still are gonna be great wherever you are. So I think that's important. So I have to I had an experience with my son when he was, let's see, my daughter was already here. I think I was 
probably carrying her. So he had he had to be maybe like four. Yeah. Oh, you need some more cartoons. Excuse me. We need more do you cartoons. think? So we can keep talking. Huh? Now, do you think I'd take care of it for you? She was four years yeah. old. I'm about to make up stories. If y'all listening, just bear with me. Now, I'm not going to make up a story right now. I'm not going to make up a story. So he's four. We are playing at a gymnastics place. We go to gymnastics for um, just like open play, right? All sure. the kids are they're playing around. So he finds. Oh, we live in Sumner County, so that's Gallatin, Yep, Hendersonville, White Peopletonville. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're in Hendersonville. Okay, so that's another thing. I'm always on high alert, right? Because yeah. we live in Sumner County. Um, for those of you who do not live in Tennessee or don't know anything about Sumner County, um, uh, we Sumner County is probably like top 10 whitest counties in the state. <laughs> White what people. What do for you? Here, have water. Why don't you just have some water? You so you go. gotta watch <laughs> out when you're in Sumner County. You gotta be prepared and know <laughs> where you're going. When you're in Sumner County. I literally, I've, I have gotten a, an unspecified speeding ticket in Sumner County. I got your back. And the judge kept it. She was like, yeah, well, you know. I was like, what? I can't help you with that one. I can't help you what? with that one, Chris. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, so we're at this we're at this gymnastics place in Hendersonville. So I'm already on high alert. Yeah. Uh, my son finds himself some friends to play with. So boop, triple high alert because these friends don't look like him. Got to be real careful. They're all boys, and then one little girl. You can tell that they know each other for sure, and their moms are talking to each other. I don't know if they're neighbors or you know mom group or whatever the hell, mm-hmm. but you can tell they're dynamic. They know each other, so you know I'm watching very carefully. The boys start roughhousing with each other. The girl wants to be in the middle of it. You know I'm boop boop boop. Um, <laughs> and Emmett Till, right? Emmett Till's that's the thing. That's the real thing. So. I am, you know, like as a mother, again, it's just a whole, whole situation. So I'm watching this whole shit unfold. They're roughhousing with each other, throwing those little foam things at each other. Bam. One of the white boys throws one, hits the white girl. She starts crying. White boys run away. My son's standing there. I'm watching the whole shit unfold. She walks up to her mama. (laughs) Points right at my son. I would have lost it. So, okay. So, here I would have to beat so, up his I'm daddy. Really, I'm like, I want to know uh, what is a father's perspective? Because sometimes I yeah. think, okay, so that's my boy, right? I know, I know, I know India can feel me on this. And anybody else that's got a little boy, that's my boy. For sure. I'll even tell my daughter, keep your hands off my son. Yeah. Most definitely. <laughs> I don't play. They get to slap. <laughs> and I, I stop. Stop. And I'm like, hey, keep your hands off my son. <laughs> so that's my baby. That's my firstborn. And I struggle a lot because he's so fair skinned. Okay. Follow me, black people. And I know you can, I know y'all can relate because Blake yellow too. So. It's that there's almost this bit of safeness that we feel like we can hold on to when our children are so light skinned. Right? Oh, for sure, yeah. I remember thinking, like, when all these, when when all of the killings started happening, in the very wee 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 back of my mind, I'm like, I'm straight. Yeah, you think my that? Boy, my boy, high yellow. And then the Subway sandwich boy got shot. Yep. And he, I was like, oh, no. There go, I was holding on to that. Like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> so when these things happen, we at the gymnastics place. I walked straight up to the mom. I was like, hold up. Hold up. I don't know what y'all got going on, but I watched the whole situation. I also been watching you not pay any attention to what's going on. Yeah. So I just want to let you know that it was actually these boys yep. that was throwing things at your daughter. And I don't, she oh, you said, snitching. oh, you dry snitching. That's their dry <laughs> snitch. Dry snitch with the pointing and everything. Boop, 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 boop. He All did that. it. Wanted social security number. Play. 
<laughs> so she said, oh, um, that's their sister. And I said, well, and I listen, I'm not trying to tell you how to parent your kid. I'm never trying to tell you how to parent your kid. Unless it could cost my son his life. Mm-hmm. I told her, I said, please be mindful of the way you allow them to play with her in public. Mm-mm. If that's the way they play with her at home, that's one thing. Yep. When they play outside, they should not be throwing things and shit, mm-hmm. showing somebody else that it's okay to do that to her. They should be that fighting for their sister. Yeah. That puts my child's life in danger, ma'am. Facts. Because now he thinks it's cool to do this shit. Because your boys are doing it and yep. your boys are doing it because this is their little sister. And he he doesn't understand that. He just thinks it's all, you know, every kid's so innocent, man. That's what I love about kids, right? So innocent. Oh, they just want to play. So fresh. Blank so slate. fresh. They just want to play. They just want to have a good time. But then sometimes reality happens in the midst of playing. And then that's mm. where we mm. as parents have to step in and kind of sh- almost shield them from the cruel realities of Karens, right? It's almost yeah. like, yikes, what the hell just happened here? And you have to step in to be that almost defended of um, discrimination, racism, whatever it is. But we have to shield our kids from that. And it's it's a shame. Um, you mentioned, you asked me what what would I have done in that situation? Um, yeah. Probably the exact same thing you would have If it was a mom there, I probably would have walked up to him and said, hey, listen, saw what was going on. Your kids were throwing, these kids over here were throwing my kid. He was playing as well, but he didn't hit your daughter. I'm sorry. If you think that, we going to go over here. You take your kids over there. Just separate the two because I'm not going to let you blame it on my kid. I'm going to let her know <laughs> probably a couple more things. But that's the first, first few sentences that we're going to have to talk about right there off the bat. Now, the second thing is um, something you mentioned too, like in that whole thing was privilege, um, light skin privilege. And this is, this is, this is no knock against anybody, right? I know, like you mentioned, you said your son was lighter skin, Blake is lighter skin too. And when everything was happening, you know, you started to think like, man, maybe, maybe there's hope because, you know, like he's quote unquote may have some kind of light skin privilege or some sort of privilege like that. At the end of the day, you still black. <laughs> So the only privilege he has is the privilege that he's going to have to, you know, learn and grow up with and, and learn and navigate. But it's funny. I mean, because I'm joking and saying it, it's not it's not a real thing, but we all know it's a real thing. Like we all have certain privileges um, that we have to bear and we have to deal with, which is some may be good, some may be bad. But as a father, I want to instill like, man, don't like use whatever privilege you may think you have or maybe privilege you may have like. Don't dis, don't misuse it, right? Like use it to help others, and that's my biggest thing. Like if it's, I, I, I say this all the time. Sometimes I have the small black non-threatening man privilege at work, right? Like a lot of my colleagues may not have, like a, one of my big, a, a bigger black colleague. I hate to say it, may not have the same privilege as me being a shape, fresh shaven, smaller Mary. black man. Right, I can take these earrings out. I don't have tattoos. Like, unfortunately for corporate America, like that's a oh, I'm dealing with Barrett, and he's our guy. Like, it sucks. It sucks. But I I I learned to leverage that privilege to also bring in my other cohorts. Like, to get my like, if I can help anybody or do anything for my people at my job or wherever, I'm going to use my privilege to do that. Whatever privilege I may have, and that's what I want to instill in them. Like, man, whatever it is, learn from your father and use that privilege. And like I said, always be you. Like, don't dumb down who you are, but use it to your advantage. So, Nice, nice. So, what two most important lessons do you have for your son um, with regard to the black woman. Oh, man. The first thing is love and respect. India, I got you, India. Yes, ma'am. Like, the first thing is love and respect your black woman. And I'm going to even take it a step farther, man. Love and respect all women. And not even people, but just people. But love and respect our black women, man. We have to uplift them and we have to um, listen to them as well. It's another thing. Like, man, don't 
don't just kind of glance over a thought or something they may say. I like if India was to say, Barrett, we need to talk or Barrett, I don't like you doing this. Sometimes I overstep the line. Like the other day, I'll give you a quick story. Um, Blake and Elise had some Nutella sticks. And India was like, I don't want y'all to have them. Um, I'm like, bro, they just Nutella sticks. So I'm, my face. I see what I mean? I brought Blake upstairs and I said, hey, listen, cuz, don't tell your mom I'm about to give you this Nutella stick. You know what he did? Took the stick, walked right back downstairs and said, hey, mom, look what I got. Indy got upset with me because she wanted to, she wanted to talk to me about what I just did. And it's kind of like I undermined her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And not purposely for me, it was a joke. But I know in the moment how it came off and how it looked. So now Blake may get that in his head. Like, man, I could just undermine mom whenever I want to because dad is cool with this shit. So I don't want him to think that... <laughs> I don't Y'all want him was to think that. Running through that house naked like some crazy people. See, only she because said, he only had because they already had Oreos and a snow cone. You see, whatever the case is, I shouldn't have given him the Nutella stick, and I told her that after she told him no. But like right. I said, it, it was me playing. So that's the first thing I want him to know that he should love and respect black women and listen to them because they need to be heard as well, right? Like that's the first, the first. Thing that he needs to know like this man have that respect for everybody but especially in our household your mom your mom is black your grandma is black and nana is black everybody around your aunties uncles and black we all black yeah. so just Blankety know that black. Just know that so then the second thing probably and not even probably second thing that i would want him to do is um treat black women how you would want your mother mm-hmm. your grandmother your aunts and your cousins to be treated. When you go out in the world, no, that no means no, right? First thing, we all know that. Get consent off the bat. Somebody tells you no, black woman especially, they say, man, no means no. Always know that. Always treat them with the respect. If you don't want me yelling at your mom, do you think it's cool to go out there and yell at somebody else? Keep that in mind. So first and foremost, like I said, love and respect, and then treat them how you would want me as a father. And like I said, I'm trying to set the example in my household that I treat your mom. Because it's going to be the two biggest things that, man, that you have to learn. And like I said, man, that that thing nowadays, no means no, is stronger than ever. It's always been strong, right? Don't get that twisted, but just know, man, like, always had that respect and always know that, hey, her opinion matters. And, and if she doesn't want to playing with his cousin, India says this all the time, speaking of India, Elise needs her personal space. Get off of her, Blake. She needs her personal space. I'm like, man, you know what? Get off of her. Like, India's teaching him right, you know? So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yes, indeed. That is one of the first things we talked to my son about, like, when he kind of got into one of those situations. It's like, no means no, stop means stop, don't means don't. It just is what it is. There's nothing you can do about it's that. There's nothing you can do. Uh-huh. But like, you, but like you know, I said earlier, I mean, they're so innocent. They're really just playing. And hello, yeah. Blake and Elise. They're really just playing. They just like like to have a good time. Yeah, and it's so hard because you want you want them to be able to keep that joy, but you're like, watch yourself. Watch that shit. Definitely. Hey, Blake. Hey, Elise. Love it. Um, all right, so my last question for you. We're coming up on, on about 10 minutes till... Instagram decides to cut us off. Um, it is often well. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna speak from what I know, which is motherhood. Uh, this shit is hard. Some people who are dealing with part time dads in the home. Definitely. Um, so to to know that you all you know have the the unit where you are really for fully hands-on and um and again no shade i'm not trying to say nobody deserves a break everybody it's all about perspective right we all got life going all the rest of that kind of stuff but um you know speaking from a motherhood's perspective for sure you know kids are different mom than they are with dad and you know that whole thing especially if you breastfed i know india breastfed blake and so sometimes it's hard to get that separation and to hear your spouse say oh i think i need a break you're like what break you don't need a break i need a break Yeah, so so knowing, you know, and getting that confirmation that fatherhood 
is a job. Like a, you, you work outside the home. You, you know, then you come home. What's what is a typical day like? Yeah. For, so now, nah. I mean, like you have a full, full life. Yeah, so it's funny you ask because um, I can just give you like a quick rundown. Um, Indy said it. I'm not a part-time dad. I mean, I'm a full-time dad, a full-time husband. I work full-time. I'm a full-time entrepreneur. I work out full-time. If y'all just heard my stories, my wife told me I stink. Ain't that some shit? But anyway, um, I do all that and I still make sure my son is right in my life. Like I wake up early. I wake up at 5.30 a.m. every morning. Um, I make sure that he wakes up immediately. Indy's not a morning person. So it's one thing that um we found a balance with. Like I know she's not a morning person. I wake up, I cook breakfast. Why why yeah, I mean she's not a morning person. Like that's not her thing. After that, Blake do, does XYZ. And it's all happened during COVID too. This is when everything turned during the pandemic. Um I was at home more. Blake just latched on to me like a leech. Stage five clinger. Didn't want mommy anymore. Um, it's just <laughs> all about dad, 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 dad. So at that rate, yeah. now I have to be there. I have to be present. And I, I said, I, I don't want to ignore him. Um, I want him to be explored and I want him to know he's being heard. So it, I could be in the worst mood. Man, the job could be getting on my nerves. Shit, my wife could be getting on my nerves. It happens to everybody. Um, stuff could just be ruining my day. But if he says, dad, look, or dad, I want to do I want to make sure I do that. So throughout the day, I end up going to the gym. Then I come back home, talk to him. If I'm working from home, he's up here working with me. Maybe we're downstairs and we're doing stuff. India tries to take him. Shout out to Lauren. Lauren helps us, helps us out a lot as well with Blake. So, I mean, we it's a, like I said, it's a village, right? Um, TT Tasha. We got a few people, a few great people shout in our out, lives. Shout out to the whole village. Listen, we got good people in our lives that help us out. So... For the most, for the most part, is India and I, hundred percent. And I think the biggest thing I can say, without taking too much more time, is that we do a great job of balance balancing um, our schedules with each other. Like she knows what I'm doing, I knows what she's doing, and then um, we that way it makes motherhood and fatherhood more cohesive. And now we're not flying off the seats and just trying to make it up. As long as we stay on the same page and we stay in lockstep. It makes things flow a lot better for Blake. So I think that's big, like making sure our schedules align and making sure we both are knowing what each other is going to do. Very important. Open communication, especially with. There know, it is. I could have just summed this shit up and say open communication. My bad. Oops. Oh, very, very important. Very important. Um, OK, so last last thing. So that was my last question. Okay. But the very last thing is. I would like, we, we the people, would like to hear your advice um, to an expecting father that is, you know, maybe scared, um, not sure. I think, you know, again, I've, I only know the motherhood journey, so, um, but I know that it is scary. It is scary, you know, actually feeling your body grow inside of your body and um, it is also very scary to be a black birthing person in America and to know that, you know, all you want to do is bring forth life and you could die in the hospital. You could, you know, your kid could die at the hands of whoever a couple of years later or whatever have you. Um, can you stop that? Because you're going to knock the camera over. Um, so your advice to an expected dad, I'm, I'm afraid, I don't know what's going on. No matter what gender they're expecting. Right. Um. Then also your advice to a dad who has also been raising a toddler in a pandemic. Got you covered. On the first one, I would say. <laughs> We're not talking enough about those of us who had to raise a damn toddler in the middle of a pandemic with we no playgroup or play dates or struggle. Struggle, but you know, I, I'm I want to know that it wasn't only hard for mom, so yeah. So, advice to an expecting dad and advice to a pandemic dad. Expecting dad, here we go. First thing is, we have to realize that women have the hardest job in the world carrying and birthing a child. 
At first, I was like, man, men, we do everything, right? We build stuff. We build houses. We do everything. Women have the hardest job in the world. I saw it with my own eyes watching a lady labor. It's not a fun experience for anybody in the room. So the first <laughs> expecting fathers, man, just give her grace, right? Be there for her. If she wants a doula, get the doula. If she wants to go to get Lamar's the class. <laughs> get the damn doula. That's if she it. wants to go to I'll Lamar's do- class, damn it. Take your ass to Lamar's class. If she wants to, man, do it with CPR classes, go to CPR classes. Those things are not hurting you. Like, those things are only time commitments. We got 24 hours in a day. Carve out other times to do other things if you think that's a big time commitment for you. But like I said, man, women, you guys have the most the, the, the most hard job in the world. Like birthing, I don't care if you have a C-section or natural birth or you get medication. The fact that you had to do that, birth that child, carry that child, now you have to make sure you get the child out healthy and also you're putting yourself at risk, which we talked about in the last conversation that you and I had. All of those things. So the best thing I would tell expecting fathers is you're going to learn on the job. That's the second thing. You're going to learn on the job. Nothing is going to be, no parenting is going to be cookie cutter and like the next. You're going to learn everything on the job. So just know that. But the biggest thing, man, respect and give your woman the comfort that she needs during the birthing process. She's carrying your seed, man. As much as she's comfortable, you're going to be comfortable. Trust me on that. Raising a child during the pandemic. Schedules. <laughs> I just mentioned that. Like, at first, it was horrible. <laughs> Indian, nah, she's a morning, I'm a morning person. She's a night owl. Um, I like stuff to be kind of structured and laid out. Indy kind of kind of goes with the flow a little bit. It was tough. Like it was in the beginning, it was tough. Eventually, we had to learn how to navigate and work around each other. And I think when we just put it all out on the table and said, hey, I need this time for me. I need this time to do this. Can you do this? And then, like I said, bringing in the village to kind of help us out really alleviated some of like took some of the weight off of our shoulders. And yeah. We had to be the play dates. It was no play dates. Like, so that's another thing I would say for fathers going through the pandemic. Man, play with your kid. Be silly. It's okay. Play. Don't be too damn cool to fall. Don't be too damn tough. Like to just laugh. Have a good time. You can't be tough and cool all the time, brothers. Come on, man. So be a father to your son. Be a father to your daughter. Have a good time. Fatherhood is great. Fatherhood is fun. I wouldn't trade it in the world. If anything in the world, I said this. Like it's my best friend. We play hard. I'm a big kid. So I would say that. Like during the pandemic, it's been hard. But the, the main thing, manage your time. Manage your time well. And also play with your kid. Be there for your kid. Don't ignore them. Listen to them. Look at them when they say, look at me. They could be doing the dumbest, silliest dance in the world. But you better make that shit seem like they just did the Nutcracker Concerto. You better clap for them. You better jump up out of your chair. Make them seem like they've just hung the moon and your life will be smooth. I'm telling you. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I promise I could keep asking you questions all evening long. Well, so we got to make sure we're doing this uh, on a regular basis. We're definitely going to be rotating dads. Sure. Um, I know we probably in-person conversation. And like I said, we're doing some construction or some painting or something over at the that kind of came out of nowhere. Sorry about that, but I'm glad we were able to pivot and um, and, and still have the conversation so that people could, you know, join and, and see it. You know, we'll go ahead and post it up and people are able to, to view it at their convenience. Um, thank you. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Um, I do want to let you know that if you will, please um, DM me or email me your address we have a gift of relaxation to send you um we have done a kind of gotten a small partnership together with float horizon in east nashville and we would like to send you for a float session what's that so it's floating in a a bath of epsom salt oh shit i'm about to get my massage on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's absolutely amazing it's kind of like an hour my mom joked that um i paid 
to take a nap in a pool. I like that and idea. I was like, yep, I sure did. And I it like was the that. best fucking nap at. So um, that was part of the reason why I asked you that question about relaxation. We want to make sure you actually earned a day of relaxation. I need it. Come Just on. Kidding. Give me that. Give me that. Yes. Yes, indeed. Look, it's a hater. I knew a hater was going to say something. I knew a hater was going to speak <laughs> up. Hit dog holler. Look at it. Something special in there for, for Big Mama too. Um, yes, please make sure you send over your um, your address so I can send that out to you. Yes, Again, ma'am. thank you so much for um, spending this hour with me and talking about fatherhood. And um, again, Happy Father's Day! Thank you. Love watching you guys on Blake. You and Blake on Instagram. You guys, if you don't already follow Barrett, the stories he and and Blake really are. They are the cutest little pair. Um, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. India, thank you for letting me borrow your husband for a little while. Now, hope y'all liked that. Hope y'all enjoyed that. At this point of the podcast, we're going to end it off the exact same way we do every week. And I'm going to let India kick it off first. India, tell the people where they can find you. India.Marie on Instagram. And we still looking to hire somebody, man. Which y'all thought I was playing with the Well, okay. No. $33 of real, I not had, an hour. I had one girl email me. I'm oh, going to reach out to her. Oh. And then I did have like an actual friend of mine reach out who doesn't want to get paid that wants to help me with social media stuff. And I haven't responded to her yet, but I did get that. Charlotte, the whole group, um, you said you want to talk that? Can I say it out loud? Well, she never, she, she never emailed me. She said she was going to email me. She never did. Oh. Well, forget it then. <laughs> Anyway, you can find me if you know somebody that want to sponsor me though. Find me. Hey, we need sponsors. Uh, What else do we need? Social media uh, coordinators, interns, specialists, volunteers. She needs all that. I'm just trying to make her dreams come true. Anyway, you can find your boy B Love 1911 on all social platforms. Be sure to follow. She and our podcast on Instagram. Leave us a message at she and our podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. I was going to say subscribe to our like, YouTube channel. <laughs> subscribe, share. Don't be a stranger out there. Let's make this shit happen. The more you like, the more you share, the more we all win. And when we all win, I don't know what happens after that. We'll figure it out when we get to the top, damn it. Give it up for yourself <laughs> one time. It's been real. It's been fun. She, 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 I, she, I, 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 I